Hey, Downers! From now till the end of the year, you can join the Downers Club and support the show for as little as $1 a month. As a club member, you'll get all of the bonus episodes that we do every single week and access to our exclusive Downers Club Facebook group. This is a limited time offer, so get in there before 2018 and check out all the fun we're having for just $1. For more information, check out tsidpod.com forward slash support. Following is a Goulash Media production. GoulashMedia.net. Welcome to the system is down. What's up, Downers? Welcome back to the least comfortable show on the web. The system is down. My name is Dan Smots, and good. Golly, do I have a good discussion for you today. Uh, I just got off the phone with a man who, if there is an expert by any definition in conspiracies and false flag attacks, he is the guy. Uh, I am far from the first person to claim without hesitation that Ole Damagard is not only a brilliant mind, but an expert in these topics based solely on his own research and findings. Hailing from Spain... Ole is also the first international guest that I've had on the show, but he has dedicated his entire life to exposing these corrupt attacks and conspiracies all over the globe. Now, even given the large time difference, Ole was gracious enough to give me far more of his time than either of us intended, so this is a longer episode than usual, and we even recorded a bonus hour where we dug into the JFK assassination uh, the documents that are supposed to be declassified on that topic within the next month, who the they are <laughs> that are pulling the strings in conspiracies, the Illuminati card game, which is absolutely a real thing, and even what Alex Jones's role is in all of this, and so, so much more. Uh, for access to all of that bonus content, you can come join the Downers Club and help support the show, which is currently on sale for one dollar a month. That's right. Four quarters a month. Uh, that sale is going on up until the first of 2018. Um, to get that, just head over to tsidpod.com forward slash support. But whether it's this main discussion or the bonus episode, Ole Demigard is definitely the guy to keep an eye on, whether you're into conspiracies or not. There's a, so much shady stuff around this, but uh, in this episode, we focused primarily on this latest attack in the Las Vegas shooting at Mandalay Bay, and by the end, even my cons my crazy conspiratorial mind was blown. Uh, but don't take my word for it. Let's get weird. My guest today is author, international speaker, former journalist, musician, and an investigator, and I don't use this term lightly, but uh, I would say false flag expert, Ole Demigard. Ole, how's it going? It's going really good, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. I know that you've got to be, uh, you got to be swamped with these interviews right now with this new event that's coming out. Um, now, I, I say I don't use the term expert lightly because I've been actually uh, criticized for using it too lightly before uh, on people who don't do their research, just, you know, um, people who just have a title. Uh, tell us about you and your background. I, I mean, 
I would say that neither of us should really have to justify your credentials, but in this line of work, I mean, you have to be very upfront with people on your background and why they should listen to you. So tell us a little bit about your story. Um, first of all, I never try to push my opinion on anyone. <clears throat> so if uh, people listen, great. If they don't listen, fine. It's uh, I prefer, of course, if they do listen. Uh, I focused some 30 odd years on trying to find out what is going on in the world because I've been very confused. And uh, I started out as a journalist uh, on a s small newspaper, it became a bigger newspaper. And then at the same time I started, I became almost obsessed with the JFK assassination. This was uh, late 1970s. And that then took me into the world of the assassinations of Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King. Then the Swedish Prime Minister, Olaf Palme, was shot in 1986. And uh, at that time, I'd come to a point where it, I was uh, blown away by what seemed to be one force behind these different assassinations. I had, up until then, I thought it was like very different uh, attacks that they had were not connected in any way or form. And then I started seeing a very clear pattern of how they were carried out, not is exactly on a street level, but how the whole cover-up was uh, being uh, performed, how the investigation was part of the crime, how a patsy was being blamed for it, how the investigation was being followed with uh, followed up if needed with commissions that were seemingly only there to cover the whole thing up as well, followed by another commission, followed by another commission until the population of that country just gave up and was bored to tears. So I, <clears throat> uh, when the assassination of the Swedish prime minister happened, I thought that, uh, well, thank God I live in Sweden and uh, I can trust the police and they're really going to look into it. And then after a few months, I started seeing the exact same pattern of how that one was carried out as well. It just absolutely blew my mind because I thought, how is this possible that it can follow the exact same template that I had started sort of after thousands of hours, I started to sort of line up the parallels between these cases all the way, I must say, going more or less all the way back to the old Romans, how they carried out political top assassinations and how they lured the population into believing that it was the deed of a lone crazy individual. And uh, so uh, it, it even came to a point where I started comparing the other cases with Olaf Palme, the case of the Swedish prime minister. And I said, if what I am suspecting is correct, then by comparing the other, uh, you know, the major ones like JFK, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King and so on, I could compare because they were like 23 years and 20 years earlier. So I could see what had happened. And so I could see, okay, in Sweden, this, 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 and this has happened. If it follows the template, then the next thing will be boom. And two weeks after I predicted that for myself, that exact thing happened in Sweden absolutely blew my mind mm -hmm. because I thought, what the hell is going on in the state of Sweden? I mean, horrendous, because then that would mean as well that the same forces were active in Sweden and where the government or sources, core groups or or rogue elements in the intelligence services, in the government, in the police forces, were playing with the same players or the same very brutal forces. I just felt I, I, I need to I need to do something. So I quit my job. 
I moved to Stockholm and uh, I spent the next about 12 years there doing everything I could to expose what actually happened there, but in a very discreet way, because it didn't take long for me to see that uh, people have a very, um, well, very strong tendency to suddenly die very young or get suicided or found drowned in their bathtub or something if they start digging too deep into these uh, things. And uh, so these, uh, I came to Stockholm, I, I looked up, there was a small little group of um, civilians, I mean, uh, retired um, former police officers, uh, lawyers, uh, uh, you name it, taxmen, mm -hmm. I mean, concerned citizens that were just very, very um, worried about what was going on because it was so obvious once you started looking into it that there was a massive cover-up going on and that the one that was being blamed for it were totally innocent. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, I went up there and uh, those years I was there turned into almost like a, a cheap B-movie where I, I started tracking down foreign agents. I found in sm small towns, you know, like car mechanic in one little small town where a South African uh, agent that had been involved in several assassinations in both in Paris and also in Sweden. And uh, I tracked down and uh, found most of the people involved in the assassination itself, both in Sweden and abroad. And so very scary experiences, because if you are if you are Mr. Nobody and you start getting in touch with these people, if you're anonymous, it is very, very easy to get uh, terminated and I had unfortunately two friends who died uh, in uh, mysterious ways and I had a visit at home as well and it freaked me out I really? mean very scary mm. and it ended up with me deciding to leave Sweden so I moved to Spain and I've been here since the year 2000. Wow so what do you have going on right now like with the Las Vegas uh, investigation and all that? I, wa I want to say that uh, it for many years, I was just looking into a top of political assassinations, but then that led me into the air, to the world of false flag operations. And uh, I've spent many years now, uh, as soon as something happens, I try to go there on location, even though, even when the operation is still ongoing, sometimes bring in a friend as an undercover photographer and so on. So I've been on location on more or less all location here in Europe where these attacks have allegedly taken uh, place. I've also been to several places in the US where these assassination and terror attacks have happened and so on. So I've come to, a, I believe, a, a quite a good understanding of how they are carried out and also the way they think and how they deliberately leave clues mm -hmm. in the evidence, which is something I couldn't believe to start with. But in late, uh, I think it was 2014, I started, I was being informed by an insider that they actually do that on purpose because of the way they, this is what he said, the way they interpret the law of karma is that if they inform us even in subtle ways about what they're going to do and we do not react, then the bad karma will be on our shoulders, not theirs. So they leave clues there. And from then on, I've, I've, as soon as one of these things have happened, I've just been diving into the evidence, trying to find where is the clue. I know it's here somewhere. It's just a matter of finding it. So, but this has also done that I predicted, I believe, um, around 10 now 
on international radio up to one month before they actually happened. Right. So you're not, I mean, when somebody hears conspiracy theorists, they automatically assume that they're a guy in their basement on YouTube. I mean, you're devoting your life to this and actually exposing these things and you take it very seriously. That's, that's fantastic. I'm, I tell you, uh, not uh, overdoing it, I'm risking my life. I received death threats. I've been, you know, it, it is not, it's one thing to sit and like things on Facebook. Right. It's another one when you stand face to face with these individuals. I tell you, my own experience, shit scary to say the least. It sure. is not a, not a comfortable situation to be in or risking your family's lives, you know, not easy or, or com. I tell you, I, I've got a, I've got kids and and a and a wife and so on, and I feel sometimes, what what am I doing? What am I doing? You know, yeah. because it is like being in a minefield. It's one thing if you're just uh, um, reading or making up your own stuff or speaking to friends. It's another thing if you really go for it. And I've devoted my life to this whole thing, so. Uh, but I'm I'm uh, I'm happy to do it. I've, I've chosen to do it, and I'm I'm willing to do whatever it takes. But I try to do it in a non-violent and uh, non-aggressive way. Just trying to say to show what the proof, the the evidence, what it's actually showing. And the term that you you just mentioned, mm -hmm. conspiracy theorist. That is actually a CIA term right. that was created because they were partly involved in the assassination of JFK. And it was uh, created to use against people like you and me who were just there asking critical questions, saying, listen, this doesn't make any sense. What the hell is this? And boom, out came conspiracy theories. Right. Because this is where as soon as you say theory or theorist, there's a doubt. And then you can be dismissed as a tinfoil hat or somebody sitting in the basement playing with a belly button and making up all kinds of <laughs> fantasies. But the thing is, I'm not into theories at all. I'm looking for the fact. It's like forensic. Um, it's like being a forensic detective, I would say, more or less, more than into c sitting debating about theories. Yeah, absolutely. And that's fantastic. And yeah, let's let's get into um, yeah. this attack with uh, Las Vegas and the single shooter <laughs> and, uh, just yeah. give, give what you've, uh, witnessed from then till now. Cause I mean, it's only been a couple weeks now and I've listened to you talk on a couple other shows has, uh, well, just from what you've witnessed and what you've dug into, how, where are we at this point? <laughs> I think this one is a very tricky one. I think it's made up a bit like an ambush for people like myself uh, and I believe that it's a combination of different things to mix it up, stir it up and make total confusion out of everything. Also, uh, as a diversion, uh, because they're, they're trying to stir up so many things at the moment to make us totally out of balance and confused, not being able to focus on anything. So this is why I think it's a, it's a mix of, of different things. So we need to step careful or or tread uh, carefully step by step by step when we go into this because there are traps involved and you will also see that there's a lot of disinformation being spread out there where they keep changing the timeline they keep changing the fact the so-called facts they keep changing everything and so 
but to be able to understand if it's okay if I just give a, a broader uh, picture of what's going on. Absolutely. And then we go into the, the details. Uh, there, there, this term false flag operation is uh, easily misunderstood by many. They think that it's a question of if it was for a false flag, then nobody died. That is absolutely not true. If it's a false flag, it's a PSYOP. It's an old naval term where in the old days, if you wanted to get away with conquering, murder, slaughtering uh, a nation, what you did, you just put the enemy's flag on one of your own ships, then let that ship attack yourself, and then you would be the victim. And you would just defend yourself by invading, conquer, and plunder, rape right. and plunder. So it's, it's a psyop. And it's very important to understand what that is, because this we see it being played out so, so many times, these false flags. There's another old Roman tactic that they also use uh, repeatedly, repeatedly, problem, reaction, solution. The elite few, I would say the ones behind the so-called New World Order, secretly create a problem, a, an alleged bomb attack, a terror attack, mass shooting, virus scare, financial crash, normally these are the ones uh, that are trendy at the moment. And the reason they create these ones are to freak us out, to freak normal people out, so that we will turn towards the ones that we believe are there to protect us, not understanding that they are actually the ones doing it to us. Right. And then we say, please, please, we need protection. And they will then say, well, the only way we can protect you is, and boom, in comes the solution. And the solution, we would never, ever have accepted had it not been for the problem, problem, reaction, solution. So in Europe, there are all of these terror attacks with bombs because mass shootings uh, wouldn't be very efficient here in, in uh, Europe because we don't have weapons. Right. Uh, so they're trying to say uh, terrorists are the problem. So mass surveillance, um, body scanners, uh, militarized police, uh, robocops, that is the solution. Giving up your civil rights, the human rights, all of that. In the States, it's very similar, but in the States, they aim for uh, to make the pro the weapons the problem, so that it would be problem reaction solution, mass shooting. Oh my God, we need protection. Well, the solution is give up your guns. Mm -hmm. So they they need these. They bombs won't uh, do it in the U.S. So it's all the time uh, weapons, weapons, weapons. And the reason why in all these uh, operations there is a lone crazy guy, a lone wolf or a lone fanatic is that then by law they don't have to look upon it as a conspiracy. Mm. Conspiracy is when one or when two or more individuals are involved in planning criminal activities. Okay, so that's the only thing it means. It actually means breathing together. Right. But uh, they, the reason alone is then by law, no conspiracy, very easily sold, especially if this guy dies on location, is suicided or just happens to be shot or falls out of the window, case closed, thank you and goodbye. And the reason why they want him crazy or fanatic is then by there were no motive, absolute no motive. He was just crazy yeah. and he just started shooting because he was crazy or fanatic. Then they can blame it on the religion. And then once again, you don't have to look into the motive. What was the reason? So we go to Las Vegas and always, 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 you have to look at cui bono, who benefits. I'll take any homicide detective, you ask them, when they look into a case, who benefits? 
Is it the husband? Is it the butler? Who benefits from whatever is done? Right. Okay, so the official story is that this uh, 64-year-old guy, Stephen Paddock, uh, with no criminal background, really, uh, and no experience with weapons, no nothing, really, for some reason, no motive whatsoever, just a lone wolf, decided, I'm going to do the ma worst mass shooting in U.S. history, as you do when you wake up a bad day, you know. So what he did was he, he went out and he purchased, purchased I mean, a different... A, keeps differing, but it, up to 34 very, very, uh, I mean, heavy guns, you know, military-style <laughs> weapons, uh, automatic, fully, you know, hollow point, I mean, Rambo-style weapons. And then he goes to Las Vegas. He was uh, stationed there, but this guy, very strange. He he owned, uh, had like 30 different properties. He had two airplanes that were connected to companies I'm going to come back to. And so uh, he went to the Mandalay Hotel and the Mandalay Hotel uh, has metal scanners, you know, like body scanners, no metal detectors right. uh, in the reception because they don't want people with guns there. And also we are in in Las Vegas, who is the mob city in the U.S. I mean, it's built on mob money. It's it's famous for big money. So what they fear all the time are crimes or other, you know, heists or whatever, that is the, the thing. So there are cameras everywhere, except in the reception of the Mandalay Hotel, right. because there's no, there used to be, but once again, when these type of things happen, every single time, one of the key things you will see is not what works, but what does not work. Right. That is what gives it away. And here, there are no CCTV footage from the from the strip going through Las Vegas, as far as I know, of anything, there's no CTV cameras in what we call the killing field, where all of these people are, have been shot. All, I mean, no reason. Only twenty-two thousand people there, uh, where you normally have security things with crowd control. What would happen if a panic or a stampede, whatever? Mm -hmm. You have security cameras there. Unfortunately, nothing of that worked. Of course, and. Uh, and the metal detectors in the reception did not work. He was able to carry in these 34 different weapons without being detected. And, I mean, these are heavy stuff. It's heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. 64 years old. He managed to get it up on the 32nd floor uh, where he's got a hotel room. He stayed there for a few days. He managed to get them up there on scene. I mean, there's no footage of him in the in the reception, in the in the elevator, in the staircases, right. and they, they say no, but he used the stuff, uh, the service uh, uh, elevator. You right. know, even like it's, your your everyday little rinky dink hotel has at least a camera in the lobby, and you're telling me that they didn't have anything functioning that day. Your local Seven Eleven shop has it. Right. Your gas <laughs> station has it. But here, it's just one of these super hotels in Las Vegas. And unfortunately, maybe the batteries ran out. I don't know. But here, they did not work. Right. Okay. So, uh, and then they say, well, he used the staff for elevators. So, are you telling me that they trust their staff so much more than the clients of the hotel that they would not have uh, the cameras there? Right. Well, apparently, because he wasn't filmed there either. So he managed to get all these weapons up, including ammo. I mean, these this is heavy stuff. He, he would have been very sweaty 
Oh, yep. going up and down, 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 <laughs> up and down, up and down for 34 guns the size that right. we're being told with all the ammo. But he managed to do that pretty well going. So he gets in there and he's never, according to people who says they've known him, known him or his family members, he's never been shooting. But here... He uh, then calculates on a note paper when the SWAT team or the police, the first people that enters into the room afterwards, they say that there were what people thought were sort of like a goodbye cruel world note. Uh, but what the police says were on this paper uh, and pen that were lying next to the body when he had shot himself was calculations of the distance for the accuracy of this weapon. Mm. So for somebody who doesn't know anything about weapons, that's pretty amazing. And but maybe just he just snapped and lost his mind. He did an awful lot of preparations here. Well, <laughs> maybe he read up on the internet or was reading Reader's Digest or something like that and got some good uh, sure. tips about how to. Anyway, so what he decided to was knock out two windows. And this Mandalay Hotel has a spit. If I've been informed correctly by people working there, there is a, a security system on the window. So if a window is cracked, I mean, these are like 30, I don't know how many floors, but a lot. So if some a window is cracked, people can fall out. And in the States, they can get sued. Right. So And they don't want that. And people are doing a lot of scams with suing uh, companies like that. So they're very afraid of it. So they have a special system that if a window is cracked, there's an alarm signal going down into the office of the security personnel and so on in the hotel. Well, this guy managed to knock out two windows without anyone noticing in his room and in the suite. So at the same time, there's a concert going on with a country star called Jason Aldean. Right. And it said that 22,000 people in the crowd. Uh, unfortunately, some 21,990 forgot their cell phones at home. Uh, this evening because uh, it was only a rock concert and uh, a big thing for them but all of them forgot their cell phones because no one has taken any photo hardly i mean there's a handful of very high quality photos of people running around right. and there's a few videos but it's a handful you go on google images you search on the diff there should have been thousands right. there should have been thousands where are they but this uh, lone shooter was lucky this day because uh, nobody re was really paying attention. Well, that brings up another point, if I can interject here. Uh, Please go. I, I've dug into many conspiracies through YouTube as a big resource in the past. Um, and maybe you've seen some of this as well. But trying to look into this, like if, typically if you type in blank conspiracy, it'll come up with pages and pages of people posting immediately their thoughts and all that. Um on this one in particular, it seems like it's pretty difficult to even find out a lot of this stuff. It seems almost like YouTube is uh, blocking, and I've heard a couple of reports from different YouTubers that some of their stuff is getting pulled or blocked because it has, they're saying that it's insensitive content because they're talking about this type of thing. Have you witnessed any of that, or do you think that that is related? Have I witnessed this? Right. I'm surrounded by it. Right. I'm surrounded by it. It's like, welcome to 1984. Uh, I've, I have a handful of researchers that are good friends of mine that have all got their um, their YouTube accounts uh, shut down. Some of them have up to 
start have to restart a new channel like eight, seven, eight times. Wow. And and uh, before they received like a warning saying uh, you have uh, you know you've stepped over the line. If you do not do if you do not behave properly, you will your account will be terminated. Right. That then turned into them terminating account with videos that were marked private. Mm -hmm. You know, they were they were not even available for public and the account just got shut down. Right. And then yet a few days ago, one uh, a friend of mine got his account shut down again. And do you know the message? I can send it to you afterwards. It's this is from YouTube. They say members of the YouTube community have expressed concern for your well-being. We care about you, oh. exclamation point. Nice we encourage you to take advantage of the following resources. Within the United States, call blah, this number, blah, 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 blah. And the trained counselors of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline oh are available 24-7. Then there's another one. Uh, they say here you can also get trained crisis counselor through Crisis Text Line Anonymous, free <laughs> emotional support 24-7. Or uh, please visit selfinjury.com, alternatives uh, and educational resources committed to helping end self-injurious behavior. Or also you can, uh, there's another one about self-injury to those who self-injure, those who have re recovered and those who want to help. So here we have people who are raising questions just saying, I'm very sorry, Mr. Officer of the government or whoever you are. Right. It does make sense. I mean, if somebody else than you in an official position would be telling things like this to me, I would say right out, you're a liar. That is absolutely not true. But here I'm raising questions. Please answer them. And what are you, what are you met with mm -hmm. if you're suicidal? Here it comes again. <laughs> suicidal or mental illness. That is what they say. As soon as you raise questions. Right. It, so, if you're big into conspiracy stuff and in the line of work that you're in, it almost sounds like a threat. <laughs> you might, we're, we're afraid it, that you might end up dead and it'll be suicide. But this, this, this is exactly it. You can, I mean, you can uh, interpret the way you want, but this is what I feel, you know. And this is why sometimes uh, during all of these years, when I've really, sometimes when I've really taken a big step forward, you know, exposing some major players, which is has been very scary for me. Uh, on these shows, I've always said, I'm not suicidal, I'm not depressed, my right. car has just been checked, my heart is uh, super fine, you know, uh, I'm doing, I'm feeling great, and uh, I have plenty of plans ahead. You, just to mark, mm -hmm. you know, saying, don't even think of it, because they love suicides. Right. They love suicides, or stuffing you away in some mental institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, I bring up the YouTube thing just because you said that there's an extreme lack of video, which I've seen only a handful as well. I'm wondering if you think that they are being blocked when they upload it and that's why we can't find more of those or what the deal is. Because even you go to any concert that has multiple thousands of people, there's going to be videos of the concert, the entire thing put up online the next day, even if there isn't a mass shooting. So. I totally agree with you. So it's like, what is going on here? How how is it possible that they can do that? And it's uh, it's very confusing. I'm still not sure. What I do know is that uh, uh, during the last years, or oh, it's actually been going on quite a uh, for a long time, is that the the cell uh, the uh, cell phone uh, network 
will be shut down. The phone lines will be shut down at that time. It happened, at, it happened even back uh, when JFK was assassinated. For one solid hour, the whole na national nationwide telephone uh, system was shut down for one hour. Mm -hmm. And afterward, it was uh, it said, same with 9-11 and uh, other areas like Boston bombing around the area. When, and afterward, it said, yeah, but it was, it was because like everybody tried to call home and, uh, you know, or are you okay or have you heard or right. and so on. But it's absolutely not. It's part of the operation. They shut it down so that they can control the information flow. And for them, it's crucial, especially the first 15 minutes when they need to pump their version out there first, because then they can shut down the rest over time. But when it comes to these YouTube things, what I do is almost like around the clock when these things happen, it download everything, everything, the official right. story, alternative versions, uh, articles, you name it, just download it. Because right after these operations happen, there is a cleanup team that goes in and just starts, uh, you know, like with, it's almost like it's shooting geese with a shotgun, you know, mm -hmm. boom, 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 right. shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. So you need to be right on top of it because, and you will see if you go back like the day after and look for the same video, many times it's gone. Right. And it said, uh, taken down by the user or, or something like that, or just terminated because, uh, um, I don't know what it is they call it, that uh, you're harassing or something like that. But these videos have nothing to do with harassment. Right. But they do question people as possible crisis actors sometimes. They question uh, interviews, official interviews. They question the official uh, timeline and so on. And boom, get shut down. Right. And for you, I'm sure this is like, uh, here we go again. Every time you, you hear about something, same thing. So, I mean, I, it's fantastic that you're gathering this stuff up because I've watched multiple videos now where they're like, I wanted to reference this video that I saw that was an interview with a person, but I can't seem to find that video anymore. And, you know, uh, most of us, it takes a little while to jump on these things, but it's nice to have you there to, you know, start gathering right away. No, but you know, I, I saw this uh, today. There was one YouTuber who had uploaded, he had made a video uh, about Las Vegas and it was it was uploaded and I think it, there was about 8,000 views or something like that and people were commenting and stuff. And then the next day when he went back into and just wanted to check the comments, it was gone. Wow. And then when he looked into his account, it just took video failed to upload. But the thing was that 8,000 people had already seen it and commented <laughs> it. How can it fail to upload? Right. Yeah, some crazy stuff going on. Now, I, I interrupted you. You were telling the story. <laughs> and we got off on a little bit of a tangent there. If you want to jump back into that. you're. No, no. I just wanted to mention also <laughs> I, I, I did a webinar the other night about mm -hmm. the Las Vegas one. where uh, And there were, I don't know, but the webinar was, uh, was packed. And... Everything was going great. I was on Zoom, you know, mm -hmm. the soft the platform Zoom. Yeah. And suddenly I started seeing somebody was writing on the screen. I was doing a share screen. Somebody was writing on my screen, you know, like uh, all the, uh, you know, really uh, foul words uh -huh. and stuff like, across the screen while, while I was sitting talking with everybody watching. Really? It was bizarre. And then suddenly my microphone got muted and my camera as well. Wow. And. So everybody so, else was 
I'm not that familiar with Zoom. They were they were witnessing it as you're writing on your screen these foul words that is making they were watching. Like I was. Doing. They were watching it. I was commenting it, right. and it's sort of like, okay, here we have somebody here. Not, uh, I don't know if you, this individual was invited or not, but uh, I don't know who how they do it. I would suggest instead get a life and uh, stop messing with us because right. you're shooting yourself in the foot. Because right. we are all trying to liberate all of us, not and people working for these source. They think that they're sort of like, uh, uh, you know, safe, but they're not. They're just tools being used. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so maybe we should get back to Las Vegas. Sure. So, so this individual, then he uh, finally had enough and he knocked out these windows. It was in the middle of the concert. And so he aimed out and, but just before he started shooting, he heard somebody in the corridor. He had placed cameras in in his room and also on the uh, what do you call it the keyhole no what do you call this uh, uh, thing you can look through the uh, the, the door with oh on the door like a yeah. peephole the peephole he had put a camera there as well i mean what can you see there another eye or something like that but that's the official story so anyway there were two guards uh, uh, in the corridor that was walking by there. There was some uh, reason. I'm not really sure. I think there was some problem with the elevator or something, but they were walking in the in the corridor outside. So he came out and he fired officially 200 rounds after these two guys hit one of them in the leg. Uh, his name is uh, Jesus um, uh, Colom, Colom, I think, something like that. Mm -hmm. This security guard right. uh, fired 200 rounds and the once. other... <laughs> That's pretty good, but right. <laughs> awful shooting because, I mean, with 200 rounds, you should be able to uh, hit something at least. And there are no signs, there are no photos of these bullet holes where the holes uh, found. I mean, these bullets with these heavy caliber guns would have gone straight through some of the walls and maybe injured uh, other people in other hotel rooms and so on. But we don't hear anything about that. Right. Instead, uh, the, the guard that was uh, not wounded he called the police with his uh, with his uh, walkie-talkie mm -hmm. and said, "We have a <clears throat> we have a shooting incident uh, on the 32nd floor uh, around this and this room." Okay, so after that, when once the shooting started, it took 72 minutes for the police to locate where the shooter was. Right. After having been informed right away by the security guard that it was on the 32nd floor, that is one hour and 12 minutes while people are being slaughtered. Right. And then afterwards, they're applauding the first responders on how incredible they were. Right. Is that good police work to be able to get there in 72 minutes? For I mean, me, in I, small town Alito, if it took them that long to find a guy who was called in either before or right after the shooting, if it takes you that long, you should not be applauded for it. I'm sorry. You would be fired. You would be right. out, of, out of the door, never to be seen again. I mean... Right. Which have, have they... No. I know they've kind of gone back and forth. Was Is the official story now that this security guard incident happened six minutes before the shooting or it happened in the middle of the shooting? I know it's it's been a little bit it of both. Happened, it happened. <laughs> According to the interview with the other, other security guard, it happened right before he started shooting down into the crowd. Right. So that was actually, that would be the perfect warning 
so that the police have could have been able to get up there and stop it. You know, maybe perhaps even he started shooting, but it took 72 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then it turns out that this security guard, Jesus, uh, was not employed there. He was employed, the, as far as I know, the very day, same, or the very, very day before really? by the CEO of MGM. And then he disappeared. And then the other guy who was giving interviews, as far as I know, also, he just disappeared as well, you know, getting freaked out or having said too much. And so right. on. Yeah, that, so, I mean, that's even news to me. I've been trying to dig into this stuff, but like I said, it just it keeps going in circles and showing up and disappearing all the information. So it's hard to keep up with. Then you have, um, it is said that he was then firing down uh, from, from this window. I mean, it's quite a long distance. We're talking, uh, I think, about 1,100, uh, what is that, in yards? No, I think it was about yes, 1,100 feet, wasn't it? 11, is it? No, yeah. At least it's quite a distance. Mm-hmm. Right. And, <clears throat> and one of the things you will see is, like, in that distance, it said that he shot, some people say, for 30 minutes straight. That is not what we hear when we see the videos and so on. Then uh, at the press conference, uh, they, the police, they, there's a lot of numerology and uh, very strange things going on in the background in these operations. Right. He said the shooting took between 9 and 11 minutes. That's what's the first comment. Which is not a normal time frame for anything. Why, wouldn't you say <laughs> approximately 10 minutes right. or something like that? Or between but 9 and 10. <laughs> 9 and 11 minutes. Right. So then you have that, uh, if, if you're shooting at that distance, we have several people that have been said to have been hit. There's one guy who he said he was hit three times in the chest and the people around him were hit as well. To be able to fire more than one shot to hit within like a, a decimeter in that distance, right. we're talking. I mean, you you can't. It's side with a sniper. You just, I mean, it's in, impossible mm-hmm. just to hit people standing next to each other with an automatic weapon that is moving while you're shooting. It's like the the, the odds are astronomical to do that. Right. Then you have uh, what people are pointing at this. They, they say the, the muscle flame, uh, what is it called? Uh, the muscle uh, flash. Muscle flash, yeah. Yeah, from the window. Well, the, the ones we see is not from the 32nd floor. What we see is there's one uh, appearing at what seems to be the 10th floor. There's another one on, on the fourth floor. Mm-hmm. But cannot be trusted because there's one video <clears throat> that a woman took before the con- uh, during the concert about 15 minutes before the shooting started and she's just uh, <clears throat> panning over the stage and she just uh, ma- uh, happens to pan across the Mandalay Bay Hotel and there you can see this strobe light going on 15 minutes before mm-hmm. but with, there's, there's no shooting it's only the light and then afterwards there's a uh, um, there's a guy being interviewed, I think his name is Brian Claypool. And in the background, this is like way after the shooting, but when he's standing there with his mic- uh, the microphone in his hand, and to the right of him, you see the hotel, and there's a strobe light there as well, but this is way after the, 
the uh, shooting itself. Mm -hmm. So these things can not be trusted. And this is where I'm, I'm talking about this is a trap we're being, we need to be very careful here. Because uh, also if we go into the footage that are actually there, <clears throat> one thing that uh, if this is a false flag operation, a staged event, then one thing that is always there, always, always is the drill. There is a drill, a security drill on location right. uh, sometime before this event and uh, often just the day before or two days before. And the reason uh, I've found over the, all of these years is that the, the drill is there to for them, the people behind the operation, to be able to get in position, get everything sorted and placed where it should be. Vehicles parked, crisis actors in position, uh, pyrotechnics, bombs, explosives. I mean, sometimes these are real explosives, real killings and so on. Uh, so you need um, military uh, personnel in, in position, snipers, uh, cast, no, not casting, but uh, catering, uh, makeup facilities if that is needed and so on. So that is one thing you will always see this drill and this is why i always say when there is a drill somewhere please be aware of that this could be a possible upcoming force flag attack right. or real attack so was there a, a drill here yes there was there was a home secu uh, homeland security drill and also an active shooter drill uh, just the day before <clears throat> and in addition what i always look out for are so-called grip trucks uh, that are used uh, at normal film sets. They're, in Europe, they're more, more or less always white, mm -hmm. uh, anonymous-looking trucks. And inside them, once you open them up, they have everything from electric equipment. Some of them have like built-in makeup studios inside or, or wardrobes or pyrotechnics. Wh whatever is needed, they have it. So it can be a, a long line of trucks depending on the size of uh, the event. But uh, when the U.S. military do these things like military exercises where they need uh, to work on uh, what looks like real casualties, you know, with blown off legs and where they use amputee actors and so on, right. they, they use military trucks, but so-called moulage trucks. And <clears throat> at this is exact point, uh, there are two made big, big, exact uh, type these trucks on location, just on the other side of the street to where all of these people have been killed. I mean, what are the chances? Big military trucks in Las Vegas. Right. I mean, I'm going to go and play a bit in the casino. I'll just take the truck. Do you mind, darling? <laughs> I mean, right. these are massive big trucks, you know, just like everything is big in, in the U.S., they are massive. Right. So, and, and with these uh, these drills that you're talking about, it, it's – they're so telling. It's not like there's a drill going on that is completely unrelated. It's always, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you've dug into the stuff way more than I have. But on 9-11, they had uh, all the planes doing drills for if there were a terrorist attack to hijack a plane. And around Sandy Hook, they had drills for, you know, if there was a school shooting. Like, they're, it's, it's like so telling right before every single time, it seems like. Do you know, Dan, one of the things that I've tried to focus on, and I've done, I don't know how many hundreds of interviews, are showing the ingredients, not going in so much in detail on 
every single event all the time, but mm-hmm. what are the ingredients in these operations? Because it's the same, the same, the same, the same, the same theme, the same participants, the same layout, the same uh, psyop, the same propaganda part and uh, all of it, even product placement, they use that as well, commercial things inside the whole mm-hmm. thing. So, so uh, the drill is extremely important and it was there. Uh, the the grip trucks in the form of these moulage trucks uh, were there. The lone crazy guy was there. All the CCTV cameras were there, turned off. Right. Uh, and <clears throat> you also have uh, one of the things, a very strange thing, is that when real things happen, you have a number of dead and a number of wounded. Right. And then over the the years that uh, no the days that follow such an event or an accident or whatever. What could happen is that the number of dead goes up because some of the injured were so severely injured that they died. So the number of dead will go up and the number of uh, wounded will go down. But here we see always more or less the exact opposite thing is that sometimes the number of dead goes down. I mean, so hallelujah, resurrection, here we come. <laughs> or And then the number of wounded just starts skyrocketing hmm. you know so that even even several weeks afterwards the numbers still go up so are these people who have gone home and stayed home for a couple of weeks and then suddenly they look themselves in the mirror and say oh my god i've got a bullet hole here <laughs> i need to look up the hospital because apparently i was wounded didn't notice but what can you do right how is that possible but here we have the exact same thing and uh, once the real number and and the, you can hear the sheriff at the press conference in the beginning, he says the number we are given, he doesn't say the, the number of, of uh, individuals shot. Right. He says the number we're given is 58. First, it was 59 dead, right. including the shooter. Then it went down to 58. So one. Well, he went. Uh, he just stood up, took his bed and walked away. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then it was 515 wounded, but yesterday it was 527. Hmm. And after the alleged truck attack in Nice, uh, the official story to start with was 84 dead and 202 wounded hit by this truck, Hmm. a big white truck that managed to hit all of these people without (laughs) causing one single drop of blood. Pretty amazing. Anyway, one week later, it was... 303 wounded and then one week even later than that it was 404 and then now i have a fellow researcher in france that says that following the year following this whole thing between five and six thousand people have disappeared in the outskirts of this operation wow what is going on right you know right so what is the reason for that do you think like why do they keep changing the numbers for one thing is to confuse, you know, to it's like painting uh, an, uh, with watercolors on water surface, you know, it just keeps floating around and, and it mm. keeps you confused and it keeps somebody like myself much more easier to shoot down and say, well, he didn't get his facts right now, did he? Right. Because <laughs> it was 520. No, it was 514. <laughs> but when the mainstream no, media does it, it's totally fine. We don't care. 
But I just say this is one of the things they do. It goes up and down and up and down and up and down. Like in uh, the mass shooting in Norway, which was there were even more casualties than here. The official story was 89 dead. Mm-hmm. Teenagers shot and uh, killed both in, in Oslo and then on this island. Okay, so 89. Two weeks later, it went down to 69. Hmm. <laughs> and then it went up to 77. Wow. I mean, really, when, when you are a forensic uh, detective or a pathologist or some, a doctor on location or in the morgue, wouldn't you say that one is definitely not moving anymore, mm-hmm. not, not breathing? <laughs> That's one. That one, not breathing either, two, mm-hmm. and then you just add them up. How can you make a mistake from 89 down to 77? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, but somebody's doing a what, terrible job. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep, that is so true. <laughs> and after that mass shooting, there were some forensic uh, detectives that, uh, uh, or for police, uh, the, the team, they left the island where all of these teenagers had been shot and said, oh my God, it's so awful. The crime scene is so awful. Mm-hmm. We need to burn all the evidence. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sounds a little like 9-11 to me. Let's clean this up quicker than any crime scene we've ever seen. But then this is exactly it. The, the team that is sent in there to gather forensic evidence are actually the cleaners. Right. They clean it up and then they place evidence pointing towards the patsy. That's their task. Get rid of all real evidence and aim it at the patsy so that whatever, uh, that nobody will have the chance to look at anything else. It would be the patsy, the patsy, the patsy, the patsy, the patsy, the patsy. Right. And that's it. Don't ask questions. Just shut up. And then if someone like myself keep asking questions, well, we just have to deal with that guy. Right. And this is where it gets scary. Hey, Dan Smots here. I'm taking a second to interrupt myself talking to talk about myself because, you know, I don't get paid a penny for the hours and hours that I put into creating this show for you guys in your greedy little ears. And I've got a family to feed. To make that happen, I run my own media business called Goulash Media. If you have a need in anything from video production to graphic design to audio production and beyond, you can get it all for a painfully fair price at Goulash Media. In video, I do weddings, music videos, commercials, pageants, plays, etc., etc., etc. For design, I do photo editing, album art, logos, branding, business cards, merchandise, you name it. For audio, I do engineering, production, editing, jingles, and, well, podcasts. So if you've got a media need of any kind, or if you'd just like to give a little something back and help keep my children fed, check out all the endless options at my website, goulashmedia.net. That's goulash, G-O-U-L-A-S-H, media.net, where we cater to the little guy with the big vision. (sighs) Okay. Now, one thing in this Las Vegas shooting, uh, to me, the creepiest thing I've seen is the guy who is filming the show, and then you hear gunshots in the background, then he, like, pans around a little bit, and you see a couple people go down, and then uh, he filmed Jason Aldean running off the stage. He runs off the stage, and the stage goes black, but the stage lights shine a big, bright light on the audience. There's no announcement, like, hey, let's, uh, there's, there's been shots fired, uh, you know, um, evacuate and seek cover immediately. That Nobody feels the need to say that, but they shine a big bright light on the audience, which lights it up. Almost seems like they're, you know, making the target a little bit easier. Uh, it was just really creepy and bizarre. 
Is that a normal way to do? I mean, in a situation like that, is that because you're concerned that people should see where they can run and, and hide? Right. Wouldn't it be better to shut down the light, you know, and get people out there? Right. It, just like you say, what that is, but this is what we see when these operations are going on. And, and there is, a, I, I don't have a lot of heroes, but one of them uh, was a, um, a colonel, uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, uh, Fletcher Prouty. He used to work in the Pentagon. He's the, he's the guy that is called Mr. X in the JFK movie. Uh, incredible human being who really stood up. I mean, he was uh, doing a lot of false flags during his career, but then after the JFK assassination that he was, uh, they tried to get rid of him, send him to the South Pole with a group of people to get him out because they knew he was just too honest. And he was the guy who was then on New Zealand. He discovered, you know, with a timeline that the, the whole official story was already there, out there, but the time difference well, he, Oswald wasn't even arrested in Dallas, and still the the New Zealand newspapers already had the whole story, one of these things. Mm -hmm. And what he said was, don't look so much as what is working the way it should, but what is not is what gives it away. Mm -hmm. And this, once again, is that normal behavior to just turn a spotlight right on the people being shot at? Right. Or is that there to make good footage? Is it uh, for the, but this is where it gets weird here because uh, please be aware that during the drill, I uh, would highly say, uh, suggest that it is dr during the drill that these high quality photos are taken. Uh, the the f images of terror that will then be spread on international media, you know. This is where the photographers have plenty of time to retake or get the lighting set and, and everything without it being in any danger themselves at all. Right. Then you will also see that in these photos, there are very few individuals. Uh, you say there were 22,000, but the photos, when you look at them, there's only a handful of people all the time. Right. Uh, somebody is uh, taking a body in a wheelbarrow. I mean, as you do. Where did uh, they get some, a <laughs> exactly. No, but they're all over the place in Las Vegas, right. if you didn't know. <laughs> they do a lot and of farming. Some other people are, are helping victims, uh, wheeling them on office chairs. You know, you, it looks like they're being carried on stretches. No, they're, it's, they're on office chairs right. being pushed around. You see photos of like uh, the police. Uh, there's one photo where there's like five or six people police officers uh, standing uh, around a police car with rifles and lying down. It's very dramatic. And then you've got two normal civilians standing talking in their cell phones next to the car. Right. You know, so it's, but this is also where we have this thing with them putting it out there in plain sight. They need to make it obvious, though subtle, that it's, it's their operation. It is, but it's for us then to accept or not. Right. So some of these are absolutely there to be right in our face, maybe also to check, you know, who, who is awake enough to see it and so that we can target that individual by following him on social media and so on. And uh, but there is um, uh, also they will take uh, video footage during the drill 
that will then these uh, this video footage will then be blended with live stream footage sure. from the event when it goes down so this is where it gets really tricky because what is real and what isn't and if you look at a lot of the footage uh, the only thing that gives it away from being a, an alleged terror attack is that you hear the shooting but in some of these videos you will see people starting running before the shots are fired mm. so i would i would very much say that uh, don't trust the sound very easy to add uh, mm. you know and then you have also what i call the catwalk of terror the after all of these events there's always somebody walking with a cell phone vertical uh, among the victims walking up and down up and down among the victims just given the impression of oh my god this is horrific mm -hmm. but what what do you actually see these videos are normally very blurred uh, you don't see any faces you don't really see anything you will you don't see uh, wounded surrounded by medical staff or something you will see other uh, civilians uh, kneeling next to them and taking care of them so this footage normally doesn't say anything and also if there is a photo of the patsy it would be cctv footage that worked apparently that day when he just happened to uh, walk underneath it but right. super blurry so it's just like but he will look very muslim for sure he will have sort of like a <laughs> an um, palestinian shawl or, or something like that or a big shotgun underneath his jacket uh, <laughs> poorly hidden but uh, the camera was uh, so good that it actually took a photo of him. Right. But it will only be one about this guy, see. or like generally when they try and blame it on terrorist it's, attacks. This this is general mm -hmm. because this time there's no footage whatsoever. Right. Okay. Then you have this is uh, uh, also there's one uh, video of a guy doing exactly that the catwalk of terror as I call it. This time sharp images. But you've got this strange individual that are walking around, uh, walking up to two or three different victims. And what he does is he pulls up the clothes and says, no entry wound, no exit wound. Right. Going to the next one. No entry wound, no exit wound. Going to the next one. No entry wound, no exit. As you do if somebody has just been shot in front of your eyes. Right. I would say absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Very bizarre behavior and part of the drill. Part of the drill. And also... What is important to understand is that nowadays you can you can rent whatever you want for these type of operation. There is a company called Crowds on Demand that were actually having apparently uh, a gathering in Las Vegas. They also had uh, in Charlotte, not far from Charlottesville. Real quick, when that attack not, not, not to cut you off, but real quick before you get into that, uh, I think this is an extremely important thing. That you're about to say here. I've heard you talk about it in other interviews, but uh, whenever I talk to, you know, skeptics on conspiracy ideas and that type of thing, there's always the question, who's this they? You keep saying they're doing this, they're doing that. So for those <laughs> of you that I know we have quite a few in the forum, um, this might be your they, this might be your answer. So uh, sorry to interrupt there, but please continue. No, I'll come back to who they are. I'll be most happy to go into detail who they are. What we're talking about here are the uh, the outfit that are carrying out on a street level. They are just being ordered to do these operations. They're often military uh, personnel, you right. know, with uh, um, 
NATO, US military private contractors with connection into the Gladio network and so on that are just carrying these things out on a street level. But when it comes to they, that we were, we're talking more of the shadow government, a world shadow government that I can come into more detail. Sure. Nowadays, uh, like I said, uh, you can you can rent a crowd. There's a website. It's an LA-based company called Crowds on Demand, where you can go in and rent a crowd. If you need a rally, a demonstration, a riot, uh, fans for a pop star, mm-hmm. a politician, crowd in a in a um, uh, TV studio, whatever you need, rent a crowd. They will even help you with the script if you need a script or whatever it is you want demonstrations against or for or whatever. They will help you. Crowds on demand. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, then you have crisis actors, which uh, multiple co- uh, companies nowadays that will supply you with crisis actors. And uh, these crisis actors, what they are, are people, um, most of the time, very poor actors, because all of the good actors have been taken and used in commercials and films and so on. So they need to use people that are not easily recognizable. And so they get left, uh, they have to deal with the leftovers. So these crisis actors are there to be interviewed or lie and look dead or wounded on the ground with a bit of ketchup on top (laughs) and uh, so on. There are companies called uh, Crisis Cast, you got uh, crisis-solution.com, you got uh, uh, um, crisis-actress.org. And also there's a company where you can uh, rent dead bodies, dapper cadavers. Uh, there's also they're called slim bodies. Um, I think that is what they're called. Um, very lifelike nowadays. Sure. The military uses them as well. I mean, they look the thing. I tell you, uh, they some of these bodies are even where there's uh, like robots inside, um, uh, motor engines inside that will make uh, limbs move up and down. Like if, uh, and you can some of them you can even operate on. Uh, you know, like uh, you cut them up and their body fluids, you can, wow. their intestines, all of it, but they're not real bodies. So you can rent that as well. Then you can, these companies often supply pyrotechnics as well. You know, if you need smoke bombs, uh, whatever, all of this is for uh, crisis simulations or uh, terror drill, anti-terror drills. That is what they call them, security drills and so on. Mm-hmm. But you can also rent mourners. There's a company called mourner.com. No, sorry, and mourner.rentamourner.co.uk. And there's similar companies in the US where you can rent uh, mourners for fake funerals. Or if you were a very hated individual and wanted to look popular the last uh, time you say, before you say bye-bye to the cruel world, you can have the whole church full with people that look uh, sad and look like they knew you. So to set these things up, not difficult. What I would suggest is that uh, uh, since I've been able to predict so many of these ones, I would say that uh, I, I, it seems like I'm onto something. And what I would suggest is what we're seeing is that it's actually the same small unit that is being transported from location to location, carrying out the exact same theme, uh, using the exact same script, using the exact same people running around in SWAT team uniforms in uh, Paris, as in Ottawa, as in Sydney, as in London, as in Stockholm, as in Copenhagen, as in Hamburg, as and so on. 
the same in police uniforms, the same firefighter outfits and so on. Because the thing is, just because somebody has a uniform on does not mean that they are the real thing. Right. And you will see that uh, I would suggest, and I've got it uh, partly confirmed by CIA uh, whistleblower Chip Tatum, who was involved in false flag operations during his career. He was actually head of an ultra-secret hit team called Pegasus under the direct control of George Bush Sr., taking out at least 17 individuals in Western Europe. I mean, yeah. Wow. He was also one of the pilots in the Iran-Contra scandal and so on. He is the closest to a real James Bond that there is. <laughs> and I've, I've spoken to him several times. I, have, I used to have my website on his server and so on. Uh, he's now trying to redeem everything he's done because he's been involved in a lot of ugly stuff. And I keep getting the question, but if, if these things are real, if, there's a, if they use crisis actors and so on, why, why, why don't we see whistleblowers step forward? Mm -hmm. And Chip has, it's very, very simple. What you do is they have to sign confidentiality agreements beforehand. These agreements will have fine print or maybe not fine print saying, if you even whisper a word, you will be sued from here to eternity. Right. They get very well paid. Money is not an issue. Chip said that uh, when he was doing these type of operations or flying crews in different uh, to different countries and so on, he said he normally had between twenty five and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on him wow. to pay off uh, people at the airports, uh, customs, whatever was needed. The cash was there. Mm -hmm. Cash not a problem in these areas. Uh, and then if. If you, you have bodyguards, you also have controllers of the group. You, keep, you try to keep it to a smaller unit as possible, transport it in army planes, uh, sometimes C-130s uh, from NATO Air Force Base to or American Air Force Base and so on from uh, country to country. They are always, uh, as far as I've been able to find out, part of NATO or they have some kind of a um, security agreement with NATO. So... Uh, that the these countries that are being attacked by from the inside is not by coincidence that it's happening in exactly these countries and it's just going around and around and around in a circle right. the same the same the same but then what chip said was if uh, if there is a problem and you feel like there's mutiny uh, coming up or somebody wants to to take a step out and and has second thoughts what you do is you just uh, gather the group and then you bring in somebody's grandmother and just kill her in front of the group or or beat up or chop the head of a, somebody's dog or something like that. And he said that's very normal. Normally that uh, takes care of it. I mean, so fear is very a tool. cult mob behavior, basically. It is totally the same. It is totally the same. Mm -hmm. So it's it's uh, you control by fear. You have the carrot and the stick. You know, right. take this, you will have a short uh, fame thing. You can even, uh, if you're doing well, we will just let the use you again and again. I mean, I've got multiple examples of the same crisis actors appearing in three or four, sometimes five different uh, occasions. Just another wig, uh, you know, add a little weight and uh, right. um, different lenses and boom, there you go. Here's another one. So let's get back to... <laughs> Las Vegas. Sure. So the thing is, this one I find a bit tricky here because 
I'm, I haven't seen so much before when they mix the footage, which I believe happened here. I've been contacted by so many people that, uh, and some of them I find reliable, that are saying that people got actually killed here. Because many times they don't. They're just staged event, right. like a film set, where instead of them making a commercial for Coca-Cola, the product that they're selling is terror. Right. That is aimed to spread out through global media that they control, we're back to they control to a large extent. But uh, here we have, there's especially one video, one of the few videos that you see, it is uh, the, the cell phone is held vertical. And the reason they hold them vertical, I would suggest, is because then it makes it much more difficult for someone like myself to see things, you know, like where's the phone pole, right. where's the tree, and so you can exactly pinpoint where they are and so on. Mm -hmm. But here you will see the it's vertical and it goes from side to side to side to side during the shooting. But there's no screaming, there's no panic. Mm -hmm. Some people are still standing up. One woman is standing up, pointing, even though I mean she's in the line of fire with the heavy artillery, you know? Right. And there's another guy who stands up with a beer in his hand and gives the finger up against the, towards the hotel and so on. Mm -hmm. Possible, but, so we look at that one and we, so we see, are there 20, 22,000 people being filmed here and these people we see here are just in the front line? Mm -hmm. No. You see a handful of people, maybe, I would suggest maybe 50, 60 individuals that are there well lit and the light comes from a different direction than from the stage. Sure. Yep. You, you said before the, the light went on, so the light and the shadow should be come from the stage. Right. Here, the lighting is slightly different. It seems almost as far <laughs> And, and also, you will see that there's sort of like a, a small little wall or, or parting wall that are right behind this crowd. And they're sort of uh, hiding, lying down or standing up. Mm -hmm. But you will only see this amount of people. So who did this filming? Well, it just turned out that it's a casting director from Los, uh, Los Angeles really? working in Hollywood. Mm. So who would be the perfect guy? to do the casting and then be part of the whole thing to keep it to a small unit. His name is Sean Hoff. He's got a CV, a long, long CV, and you will see him on all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, celebrity parties and stuff like that. So question to Sean, really, really? <laughs> right. Anyway, so if you compare that with, there's some other video footage where you see it's, it's much more, the quality is much worse. Uh, the lighting comes from a different direction. And here you see people that looks like they're actually running, you know, falling over, panicking. Mm -hmm. I would suggest if, if anything is real, I would suggest that that could be real. Right. Then you have other video footage from uh, uh, back behind the crowd and to the left near a, uh, near a building. And for quite a few minutes beforehand, somebody's just standing filming absolutely nothing. I mean, if you are if you are at a concert, wouldn't you focus on the stage or friends around you? Right. But here it's just like uh, not really doing anything, but at the same time covering the area. And here you will see people start 
moving away before the shoot the shots are uh, starting to fire. Mm-hmm. There's also a video from the 48th floor where people are saying, uh, "What's going on down there? What's happening? Why are they lying down? The band is still playing." Really. Or they had the exact same song inside their ho- hotel suite. I don't know. Right. That's possible. So, but, so you can't see the band, you can just hear the music, basically. Is what you're you saying. can see the stage, you can see people. I mean, it's a, in a wave. It's mm-hmm. the same distance as from where he was shooting. Uh, I don't know, but sometimes you have to mistrust these videos as well because sure. they are often part of the whole setup. Mm-hmm. Then, then you have the victims. And uh, do you know there's a, um, there's a psychological term a phenomena called duping delight, mm-hmm. where where it's just like if you have sort of if you're playing poker and you you're sitting with a you know you're sitting with a good hand and uh, and uh, you're trying to bluff mm-hmm. and then suddenly you start laughing you know it's the same type here with sometimes when people know that they're lying and manipulating you getting away with it their face will will subconsciously start smiling right. it's called duping delight it's a phenomenon people don't they're not aware of that they're doing it but you will see here so many videos of alleged terror victims and where people are standing saying oh isis cut the head of my dad it was so horrific and they're smiling you know right. or my best friend just got shot uh, i was crawling across bodies and there were blood everywhere and they're smiling right i've been as a, I've been in war zones. I've been uh, many different accident sites and so on. When people are hurt or shocked, they don't make any sense at all. They're pale or sweating. Uh, they're hysterical or totally quiet. The last thing they are are very cold and just. And then I've never ever seen anyone smiling in a real situation. Right. Because it's not funny. It's awful. It is awful. But here. We see it again and again, people smiling. And you see, for instance, uh, there's one woman. Uh, this is where you can see on the news, it's, there's, they report only 24 wounded. So that's when the number was 24 up to 515, meaning that it's quite early. Mm-hmm. And it's a possibly two dead, 24 wounded. Okay, so she then starts uh, saying that, well, uh, they, we, they helped me throw somebody in the back of my car and we went to the hospital and, and, so, and smiling. She's smiling. She's just experienced a horrific event, smiling. Then you have the two twin sisters, really cute one, where one was shot, uh, I think, in the lung and the other one was shot in the hip. The one that was shot in the hip is not even in bed. I mean, uh, right. but she's showing up that she has a Band-Aid on. So that's really good when you've been <laughs> shot with a, with a hollow point bullet. Right. And both of them smiling, big smiles like this. Then you have another guy who there's this uh, uh, Brian. No, not Brian Claypool. His, um, I think his name is uh, Mike Cronk or something like that. He tells this story about how his friend was being shot. And many of these people... You will see these alleged uh, eyewitnesses are connected to media. You will see that uh, again. I'm going to come back to that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he he goes back and he visits his friend in hospital. The guy has just gone uh, undergone uh, um, you know severe surgery. He was hit three times in the chest. This is the guy, three bullet holes on that distance, 
I mean, you, you, you just can't do it. Right. Okay. So anyway, he's lying there. He's looking really great. You look at the medical equipment on the wall, not connected. Okay. You, there's drip. It's not connected. Wow. So it's, am I, are these conspiracy theories or is it like, oh, come on. Right. This is just not real. Mm -hmm. Then you got another one, a woman who was shot in the leg. Well, she shows you a small little Band-Aid on her, on her, the shin, the front of her leg. Then you got another one who's being interviewed, uh, a black guy who, who said to have been shot in the neck. He's being interviewed, standing up, doing fine. And he says, well, the bullet is still here. And uh, please, can you give me a, a, a handkerchief because I feel I have to cry. And then he cries a bit like this, no tears. <laughs> Uh, still with a bullet lodged in his shoulder, not showing any sign of pain or anything like that. Hmm. Okay. What I'm saying is something absolutely bizarre is going on. Right. Then you have another um, girl, then very rarely named these witnesses. But this girl, she's standing together with a guy and they're talking and she's very cold the way she describes the whole thing. Well, there were bodies everywhere. We were crawling. There were blood and people were falling and so no emotion whatsoever. And then it turns out that uh, she has recently been on Dr. Phil. Like when I looked, what I found when it comes to these ingredients and these uh, alleged uh, what I call terror pies mm -hmm. are that when it comes to eyewitnesses, there is an incredible percentage of these alleged eyewitnesses that are have some kind of connection to media, to film or theater, or the government. They have some kind of direct connection to one of these three. When the alleged truck attack happened in Stockholm some months ago, uh, I managed to find 24 witnesses. When, do you know, like if you go around in global media and Swedish media and TV, radio, and you just check out who were who did actually see something or or claim to have seen something mm -hmm. out of 24 i found in total 24 how many do you think were had some kind of connection to one of these three media film theater or government what would be an, a normal percentage <laughs> realistically normal none but i would say probably at least 20 22, 23. <laughs> no, uh, 21, 21. Okay. Uh, so you were close. But I mean, it would be in any crowd, if you like walk down the street and they're like uh, a crowd of 24 people that see something. Right. What would be the chance? That would be, there would be somebody that cleans the street. There would be a, mm -hmm. a plumber. There would be a, um, you know, an officer. There would be a uh, fifteen housewives. There would be like somebody selling glasses. These type of things. Mm -hmm. Twenty-one out of twenty-four is a high percentage, right? You know. And then when you see it being repeated, 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 when the London uh, bridge attack happened, more or less all of the witnesses that were just passing on the bridge at night at that time were connected to media. Mm -hmm. When the attack then happened in, in Paris, uh, outside the uh, Notre Dame church, mm -hmm. same there. Media, media, and then the one that were, that were interviewed was a former NATO uh, in, uh, chief of, of information. Right. What are the chances? Yeah. And here, 
many of these that are being uh, interviewed are even or e either I would say crisis actors or uh, mainstream. I mean, high profile within media. You have. Uh, Several of the like there's uh, there's one that is sort of like a zillionaire Dan Belsinger or, so, or something like that is his name, mm -hmm. where you just see th there's video there's plenty of videos uh, on YouTube his normal lifestyle you know like with yachts and guns and uh, girls everywhere and parties and helicopters and private jets and and so on. So the question is, what are we looking at? I'm still confused here because yeah. it's like. There's also signs of multiple shooters. Right. Uh, there's there seem to be uh, shooters from different towers. There seems to have been shooters from uh, the Mandalay Bay Hotel, but not where we've been told. Right. There's also what could appear as shooters from the building to the left. If you stand behind the crowd to the left, there's some what looks like firing from from inside this building but if that is just a flashing light or not i'm not sure mm -hmm. it also seems like that there was could have been shooters inside the crowd there's especially one guy in a service uniform uh, or sort of like a security type of uh, uniform that looks like he's firing into the crowd and then there's a some kind of airborne helicopter or drone thing above the hotel where you can see a spotlight going down and you can see underneath it like machine gun fire wow. going on. Mm -hmm. Crazy stuff. So, and, and I, bef yeah, uh, there's so many things I'd like to ask you about some of the aftermath stuff, but, uh, you know, what, what you're talking about before with, uh, the London shootings and, or the parachuting, that type of thing. Um, it's, I, I'm really glad you're bringing these things up because I don't even know about these things. And us in America, we see the American, attacks or whatever every so often and we don't really realize that this is not just a local thing and you are looking into all of them all over the place and the ones in your neck of the woods we almost never hear about uh do you think that that's intentional <laughs> that uh, we don't care or we don't ever hear about them or do you think it's just us being americans <laughs> I tell you, I think you've got quite a, lot, a big responsibility uh, to get informed because uh, no disrespect, no, but you're the, right. the, US, the U.S. military is the terror tool of the world. Mm -hmm. It is your nation is the bully in the world who are the ones starting all of these wars. Uh, not saying that it's the U.S. that are doing it. I'm saying that, that uh, they the world shadow government that are behind the new world order mm -hmm. are using the world in different ways and uh, the financial center is in the uh, old city of london the religious center is in the vatican and the military center is in washington dc and these three centers everything is then being circulated uh, in between everything from arms drugs gold minerals uh, pedophile trafficking uh, uh, organ trafficking, uh, oil, all of these things are used in in between these three centers. But the U.S. Uh, military is being used as the enforcer, this brutal enforcer of this very, very uh, ruthless elite that are just there to totally control and destroy the world mm -hmm. for their own their own greed. So p 
people in uniform and especially in the US and in NATO, uh, nowadays NATO has turned from a defense organization into an absolute terror organization as well. So it's the combination of these two forces are very, very dangerous to the rest of the world. And so I'm always trying to reach people in uniform, police uniforms, SWAT team uniforms, military uniforms, trying to reach them, reach out to them and, and make them hopefully open their heart to this type of information because they are being used, they're totally being used in a very, very ugly game where it's called freedom, it's for freedom and democracy, mm-hmm. absolutely up you. It, there is nothing that has anything to do with freedom and democracy or liberty or anything like that. When they are sent out to war, if I speak directly to them, it, when you're sent out to war, it is for oil, minerals, pedophile trafficking, drugs, that is the thing, power, uh, the reason why these c- countries are targeted has nothing to do with dictators that should be taken out or li- absolutely not. It's a matter of taking over the central banks of these countries or minerals, golds, or get strategic positions or pipelines. Or it's there's a totally different agenda. And you, the normal soldier, is just there to carry it out for them. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like Hitman for the Mafia. It's the same thing. And and these are people that are signing up because they believe in what they're doing. They believe they want to do good. They believe that they want to be part of making this world a better place. And instead, they end up killing, raping, torturing people from innocent countries that have absolutely nothing to do with these things, except living in a country that possibly have oil or, right. or plutonium or something like that. So the, the thing is to inform yourself and then get out, get out. Because the thing is also that when you look at how these, uh, for instance, you look at the, how the, the president says, well, we salute you and you're in uniform, go out and be brave and get uh, blown to pieces and so on for your nation. It's, uh, it's honorable. Well, what happens when you come home? you would be treated like absolute dirt, mm-hmm. absolute crap. You, why, how come so many of the homeless people in the U.S. are veterans? Right. How come there are more people, veterans, killed by suicide than in active duty? Mm-hmm. Because they've done horrific stuff that they were ordered to do. Yeah? How come that it can take up to six years for you to get just the benefits that you were promised? Mm-hmm. You know, these type, is that loyalty from the supreme commander? I think absolutely not. That you are cannon fodder being used to carry these things out. They have no respect. You're just an empty uniform. And the, the minute they don't need you anymore, chop, chop, you're out. Same with generals and so on that are starting to become a threat. You know, the more powerful uh, these uh, military individuals, the more skilled they are. Well, they're just next online. So, right. I'd like for you to touch briefly on um, like the aftermath of this, because we've got pictures now of inside of the hotel room. We've got pictures of his body where, you know, there's the blood spilled out and the bullets are sitting on top of the blood and they have no blood on them. It seems like Um, just, and the fact that they're even releasing pictures at all. I mean, after, uh, well, Osama bin Laden, when he was 
killed. They supposedly dumped his body in the ocean on the way back and didn't release any pictures because they were too graphic or sensitive. And this is like still an open investigation, which is very unorthodox for them to be releasing pictures at this point. Um, what do you think the reason is for them to be getting into that already? Well, just like you described, these you, these photos cannot be trusted. They don't even look like the individual. Uh, there's not this 13 on his uh, tattooed on his throat that they say that the other guy has. Mm -hmm. The other guy, there's the same um, uh, photo that we were being showed. Mm -hmm. uh, the police right away gave out the address. Uh, Stephen Paddock on that address turns out to be a totally different individual. The girlfriend, this Filipinian girlfriend, is a lot younger on, on the photo we're being shown than the one that they are then taking in for questioning. It's like at least 10, 15 years difference. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have, just like you say, uh, he it said that he committed suicide. Okay, but his, his foot is in under one of the guns. So he must have sort of sat with his legs straight on the floor and then shot himself. Right. Uh, and then you see it's a gruesome image, but there's only one. Mm -hmm. And once again, it is said that he had shot all of these uh, hundreds of rounds out the window. And still, uh, just like you mentioned, the picture we see here is that uh, his head is there. There's a big uh, pool of blood. And then the, the empty shells on top of the blood right. should have been totally the opposite away. So that just gives it away right right away that uh, you can't trust that photo. It's a stage photo. Absolutely not true. And we you look into the uh, the hotel suite, the hotel room, the way the, the weapons are spread out. Uh, also, the way that uh, I always look for obelisk and pyramids where people are being taken out or these operations are carried out, mm -hmm. they are there right. or they will be get erected. I mean, they're in Memphis, Tennessee, where uh, King was killed, in Dallas, in Stockholm, and wherever these assassinations are taken out, there are very strong uh, Freemasonic uh, symbolism. And here... Oh, my God, right in front of this massive, massive pyramid right. with a big, big obelisk right in front. I mean, and this whole arena where the killing was taking place is right in front, like an altar in front of this pyramid with the all seeing eye on top. So and then there's so many things uh, uh, occult around this whole thing as well. So it's multilayered multi-layered absolutely and yeah there's so much out there that we haven't even touched on and i'm sure there's going to be way more to come in the coming weeks um but we obviously can't do it all in an hour and a half but i ollie thank you so much for your time um i know you're a busy guy and it's a lot later there than it is here uh so thanks for thanks for coming on and chatting and uh if you could just uh, take a minute to tell people where they can find out more about you and all the great stuff that you've got going on my my website is lightonconspiracies.com. Uh, I'm a one-man band because I, I never get involved with organizations or groups or political things because uh, these uh, areas get so easily infiltrated and uh, taken over. So uh, I'm not paid by anyone. I've spent some 30-odd years doing this. So if anybody would like to make an exchange of energy in what I'm trying to accomplish here, uh, then I've got donation buttons. I've got multiple books on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got uh, Steam it, the Patreon, uh, my newsletter, my membership area, and so on. These are 
this is the way I, I have a way of making an income to uh, support my family. So uh, what I do is I travel around a lot, uh, going on location where these things happen, hopefully as soon as possible. So I stand face to face with these individuals that I involved and do everything I can to expose it. I also go to to um, conferences uh, all over the place and uh, private meetings everywhere I can. And anyone in the military or police or whatever that uh, maybe would like to invite me for private meetings off the record, you know, because so many people in uniform are getting very concerned about what's going on. Anything like that, please contact me. I'll be most happy to come there. Frontline, wherever, I'll be there if needed. So... Uh, with that said, uh, anything I can do to help the world, I'm, I'm willing to do it. Absolutely, and I certainly applaud your efforts. You're doing way more than any of me, than myself or any of my listeners are doing to expose this stuff. So it's fantastic, and you're a great resource. And thank you so much for coming on. If you ever, you know, if anything else comes up, you're more than welcome to come here and have a platform to share what's going on in the world. Absolutely. So thanks for coming on, Ollie. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dan. Hey, guys. Thanks for sticking around to the end, and I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ole Damagard as much as I did. Uh, there was so much more to this conversation that we touched on in the bonus episode that I feel barely even touched the tip of the iceberg that is Ole's well of knowledge, but we got into so many crazy topics that we didn't have time to get into in the first hour and a half, so again, if you want to hear that, you can go join the Downers Club right now for just $1 and get access to not only my extended interview with Ole, but many hours of bonus content that we've been putting out and access to the exclusive Downers Club Facebook group. So go check that out at tsidpod.com forward slash support. And I guarantee that you won't be disappointed. And if you are, it's four quarters. Big deal. In addition to that, as always, please go subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. That's always helpful. Like, share, and follow the show on Facebook at fb.com forward slash the system is down. And go follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash TSID pod. Do all of that, and I'll be back here again first thing next week with some more craziness for you to soak up and enjoy. <laughs> Until then, question everything and stay uncomfortable. Thanks. This has been a Goulash Media production. Goulashmedia.net. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.